Book's Economic Development Corporation facilitates the creation of new jobs and capital investment in Wilkes County, North Carolina. We accomplish this by primarily focusing on retention and expansion of existing and new businesses, along with real estate development. We are here to help you grow. Learn more at wilkesedc.com or give us a call today at 336-838-1501. From white lightning to lightning fast. The Wilkesboro Find Your Back Road podcast covers all the people, places, and things that make Wilkesboro a one-of-a-kind mountain destination. Enjoy lively conversations as we welcome artists, local business leaders, event organizers, and creatives from around Wilkesboro. It's the Wilkesboro Find Your Back Road podcast. Welcome to the Wilkesboro podcast. And my name is Thomas Sally. I'm the tourism director for Wilkesboro, North Carolina. And we're going to be talking about the people and places and things that make Wilkesboro a fun and exciting place to be. And uh, on today's episode, uh, we don't—we actually have a visitor to Wilkesboro, a tourist to Wilkesboro. His name is Earl B. Hunter Jr., and he is the founder and president of Black Folks Camp 2. And uh, before I introduce Earl, uh, we had a chance to meet with each other at the Outdoor Economy Conference. Uh, it was in 2019. And then Earl came to visit and we had a good day of mountain biking and disc golfing and doing all kinds of fun stuff. So um, Earl, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you and great to see you on camera. How are you doing? May I tell you one thing? This is pretty cool and pretty amazing. So I thank you so much for inviting me. Thomas, I got to tell you, man, you look good, man. You look look fantastic, my friend. You look look like the outdoors is giving you a lot of vitamin d and you look like wilkesboro is treating you really nice which i think is a pretty cool town um well, most folks don't know you know i i graduated from appalachian state university so i know wilkesboro a little bit just driving through there on my way home down to columbia south carolina so um big ups to wilkesboro thank you thank you Earl. i appreciate that and likewise you're looking great yourself and Ooh. you know you've been through a lot here in the last few months and uh um, it's good to see you up and, and running around and doing your thing. Right on, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. So let's get right to it. And we'll just tell me a little bit and tell the listeners and, and watchers um, about Black Folks Camp 2. And, and I want to let people know that Earl is um, very out and about. He's very outgoing and he's got a, there's a lot of content out there about Black Folks Camp 2. So I would encourage you all to go to Earl's website, go to Black Folks Camps 2 website. Uh, listen to what he has to say in some of these other podcasts and other blogs and things like that and form um, so you can get some of the basics about the company and what Earl's trying to do there. And I would like to use this opportunity to let Earl talk a little bit more about um, Black Folks Camp 2 and what they have planned for the future and how he sees things going in the industry. So it's all yours, brother. Right on. So, so Thomas, you know, I always start off by telling folks, you know, um, you know, I, when I get out of my bed every morning, right, I think about Black Folks Camp 2, right? When I uh, get into the mirror, I think about Black folks came too. And when I get in the mirror, I always uh, want my day to go well. I want my day to be amazing because I can't be amazing and be excited about life unless I'm excited about life. So I get into the mirror and get in there and I start singing, man. I go, uh, when I wake up in the morning, love, and the sunlight hits my eyes, there's something without warning love. There's heavy on my mind. Oh, but when I look at you, bum, bum, 
and the world's all right with me. Yeah. Oh, just want to look at you. Bum, bum, and I know it's going to be. You know it's going to be, Thomas? A lovely day, <laughs> lovely day, lovely day, lovely day. Listen, when I think about Black folks came to our company, that's what I think about. Because our company is very simple. Our job is very simple. Our mission is very, very simple. We remove fear, we add knowledge, and we invite more Black folks to camp and enjoy the outdoor lifestyle with any and everyone. Through that, we create unity in the outdoors, through our Unity Blades, which is the campfire and our logo, which means treat everyone everywhere equally. Listen. This is not rocket science, right? There's a lot of things and a lot of things in, in, in regards to black folks in the outdoors that if, uh, if you love the outdoors, if you've been in the outdoors, if you have been trailing, if you've been camping, if you've been kayaking, if you've been canoeing, if you've been mountain biking, you know that you have not seen that many or probably no black folks. Well, you know that, right? Well, we know the reasons why, and uh, we have been sharing the reasons why, and we think that uh, when we share the reasons why, we know that most of the folks who are out there, the 90% of the folks that are out there who are enjoying the outdoors, they want to help increase uh, diversity in the outdoors or increase underrepresented folks to enjoy the outdoors. Black Folks Camp too was not created just to get black folks to go camping with black folks. Although that's fine, right? If black folks want to camp with black folks, we don't care. But we were created to get black folks to camp with any and everyone, right? We, we want black folks to be excited about camping with any and everyone, no matter who you are and where you come from. Uh, we're, we're a very strategic company. Um, we're not a 501c3. We're not a nonprofit. We are a for-profit business. And our job is to simply remove fear, add knowledge, and invite Black folks to camp. Our job is to have this conversation with the 90% lifestylers out there who are basically white, right? And have this conversation with them and say, here are the reasons why Black folks have, you hadn't seen Black folks in the outdoors if you hadn't seen that, right? So we remove fear, add knowledge to them, and also invite them to ask questions, and also to invite them to invite more Black folks or more people of color into the outdoors. But we also, people always ask me, well, how do you guys get paid? What do you do? Well, there's an entire industry out there, $840 billion industry, which is the outdoor industry, that we also have to help remove fear, add knowledge, and encourage them to invite Black folks to buy their products, to love on their products, and to use their products in the outdoors. But before... Black folks or people of color are going to purchase their product. I think it may be advantageous for those companies to want to teach a group of folks who really don't know anything about the outdoors, about their projects. And while we're doing that, we're very, our company is very uh, different from a lot of folks. Um, we work for our dollars in regards to uh, consulting or to create culturally relevant content and copy and uh, share that with those companies. And when we're paid for what we do, we then create our digital education initiative, 
which is to encourage more black folks, people of color, to go camping with any and everyone. That's who we are. That's what we do. And we're very proud of what we do, Thomas. Very proud. You, ha you have a lot to be proud of, Earl. It's a remarkable journey that you've been on and, and uh, it's so exciting to have witnessed it from the start. Yeah. You've been so, watching this thing, Thomas, yeah. like from the start, man. And by the way, Thomas, you're the first person to introduce to to invite me to their to their city to partake into the outdoors. Man, you you're the first one. And I gotta tell you, it was pretty dope, man. You know, I'm an RVer. You know, I've all yep. I'm an RVer, it's cool. But in regards to mountain biking and uh trailing and all that kind of good stuff, you were the first one. And then there are three other guys from the conference who actually took me on my first backpacking trip. And guess what? I'm going again this weekend. We're going to, we're doing 27 miles this weekend. So wow. That's it's awesome. amazing. That's fantastic, Earl. I love, I love the intro and the story and sort of how you came in, came to be with black folks camp too. So um, I am curious uh, now that we know the background of the company, when, when did you Earl get first introduced to the outdoors? And, and I know I've heard a little bit of, heard a little bit of what you talk about from childhood and how, you know, you and we have to remove fear of the outdoors from the black community. So how did, how were you first introduced to the outdoors and when did you become, uh, let's say an outdoors man, if you will. Right. So I tell folks all the time, you know, I've always been in business. I've been an executive for quite some time. And, um, I was an executive in another type of industry. I, I, my storyline is I was a Gucci, Louis Vuitton, sports car driving, sports coat wearing executive flying around on private planes and, you know, closing deals. Right. And I'd never been in the outdoor industry at all. My first introduction to the outdoor industry or the outdoor lifestyle, I think when, when the folks came around in 4-H or something, they took me in the woods to help clean up the outdoor, you know. Um, so that was my first introduction, but I never really camped or did anything like that. And I really didn't learn anything about the outdoors. My first camp out was me taking my son out when he was maybe two years old, two or three years old, camping in the backyard. And it probably was the worst experience ever because, uh, it was raining and damp. And I was like, I wasn't prepared. Right. I just did it just to be doing it. But in regards to the industry, I got into the industry about six years ago when I became an executive at a company that made campers. We made pop-up campers. And my job was to take that company from uh, $815,000 in sales, which we did in four years, to $17.5 million in sales. And during that, I spent a lot of time on the road. I spent a lot of time uh, at conventions, conferences, and things of that nature. I, I drove and traveled over 300,000 miles around North America, from, Nova, from North Carolina to Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia to British Columbia, British Columbia to San Diego, San Diego to Miami, and all in between really trying to sell our campers to RV dealers. So I've seen a lot. Uh, I've camped a lot RV-wise. And the thing that really drove me to start Black Folks Camp 2 is two part. Number one, that I was pretty much the only Black executive on the manufacturing side of the RV industry. One of the only Blacks. Probably the only, right? And the RV industry is a $144 billion industry, right? Now, I honestly... I didn't really like being the token guy, right? I didn't like walking into the this industry, into the lifestyle and being the only one. Um, it wasn't that I was scared being the only one. I flourished being, being sort of the only one. But I felt, you know, if this industry is good for me and it's been good for others, why not get other black folks into the industry and love on the industry? But further than that, why not get more black folks into the lifestyle, 
right? Why not get more black folks loving this amazing lifestyle, which is enjoying the outdoors, right? And so I believe when you enjoy the outdoors, it uh, allows you to do things uh, and feel things that you wouldn't normally feel when you're actually anywhere else. And so for me, I had to learn a few things though. And I had to share a few things. And I had to, to understand a few things, right? I understood why I didn't go in the outdoors. As a 43-year-old man at the time, I understood why I didn't go in the outdoors. I'm sorry, as a 44-year-old man at the time, I, I knew why I didn't go in the outdoors, right? I knew it. I knew because my great-grandmother told my grandmother, told my mother, told me, don't go in those woods. I knew that the woods represented one of the most heinous places in the world for them, right? Because of those generational fears and stories and the realness that they experienced. Right. I knew that I had no knowledge. I knew that I knew nothing about tents. I knew that I didn't know anything about sleeping bags, RVs and all that stuff. Right. I knew I didn't know anything about taking a nature bath. Right. I thought you had to jump in a waterfall. And wipe off with the water to have a nature bath. And I used to say to people, why do folks want to jump into a dirty creek or lake and bathe? When I found out what nature bathing is, it was amazing. And for those of you who don't know what nature bathing is, just go stand in the outdoors, in the woods, into nature, and just stand there and listen, be quiet. And it will uh, it will soothe your soul. The second thing is I knew that uh, no one really invited me, right? No one really invited me to enjoy the outdoor lifestyle, right? Never really invited and made me feel welcome in the, out, in the outdoor lifestyle, right? And so I knew the reason why I didn't like it and why I didn't do it. And that's one thing. Those are, those are me. Those are my opinions. But as a company, what I had to do and what we wanted to do is go get data. And we as a company spent a lot of money getting data on why black folks haven't been in the outdoors. And so what we did, Thomas, we did the very same things, the very same things. That, uh, that I think that the industry and the lifestyle folks should do. But before we did that, my son and I went on this amazing camper trip around the country. My son, my seven-year-old son said to me, Dad, you've been gone a lot. Looks like you've been on vacations. And I had to tell my son, son, I'm out here trying to make a living for you, for everybody. And he said, listen, you say you're going to take me to Mount Rushmore and you haven't taken me yet. You need to talk that talk and walk that walk like you tell me that. And I said, Dylan, I'm going to take you to Mount Rushmore. And by the way, I've driven past Mount Rushmore three times and never got a chance to see it because I didn't want to see it without you. So the summer of 2017, my son and I embarked on a three month trip around the country. I was working and also showing him how to work and what I do while we were visiting all these beautiful campgrounds. And during that trip, I only saw one black family at, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And when I had that conversation with the wife of that family, and we couldn't have been so far different. It was, we were so different. They were riding in a huge motorhome. It was beautiful. 
and we were pulling a pop-up camper. And we were like, oh, wow. We were like the good times folks meet the Hustables, right? And it was amazing. We had a conversation and the young lady said to me, I started sharing to her who I was and what I did. And I think I've said to her, you know, I was pretty much the only black person in the industry, you know, or executive in the industry. And she said, uh, well, you probably want to change that, don't you? And so it about, took me about a year and a half and I'm embarked on this journey. And then we launched Black Folks Camp 2 uh, on the stage of the Outdoor Economy Conference, October 10th, 2019. I was there. And, um, and, and that, you were there. And I remember singing to you guys then, man. And uh, it was beautiful. And our company, Thomas, has taken on an amazing, some amazing legs, man. We've been running, um, but we haven't deviated. Deviated from our plan is to remove fear, add knowledge, and invite more Black folks to camp and enjoy the outdoor lifestyle with any and everyone. And if you're listening or watching this, that means you too. That's, that's, I, I love, I never get tired of hearing you tell your narrative. So that's just wonderful, uh, a wonderful testimony that you have. And um, I am curious to know, um, now that you've been going at this for close to two years now, um, you know, is there something, maybe something happened with somebody that you're out uh, beating the drum, uh, getting more uh, black folks to camp and, and get out in the outdoors. But is there something that uh, black folks camp Two has done for someone? And maybe they've come and told you this, that you totally didn't expect. Yeah. So, so let me tell you something. So we've, uh, <laughs> so we partnered with the state of South Carolina, which is state of mm -hmm. South Carolina. You know, state of South Carolina. Well, Thomas, that's where you're from. Right. And I'm from there, too. I'm from Columbia, from Orangeburg. Right. And so we partnered with the state of South Carolina. Uh, um, they were our first state that we partnered with because they wanted to invite more black folks to their state parks. And we said to them, listen, good, because we believe that we can help you do that. So as a company, we set out to do that. And the very person that we wanted to actually uh, to 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 do this with, we didn't really knowing mine at first, but when I started driving back home after our meeting, I said, you know what? Football season has been, is canceled for the year in 2020. Well, the football season is canceled and uh, I want to take someone out who's never been camping before. And I want to take somebody, matter of fact, we went camping, but we did a little glamping though. We went RV style, right? Because we tell everybody, you got to camp your own camp. Camping doesn't necessarily always mean for you to go up on a mountain and pitch a tent. You can also get you an RV and go camping too, right? We promote that as well. And so we figured if we're going to promote South Carolina and we're going to promote the most, one of the most uh, uh, likable, most positive, most exciting uh, expert when it comes to football and winning, we may as well tab, and we were also looking for a black person, we may as well tab the coolest, the dopest, the amazing person uh, by the name of Oliver Buddy, who is the head football coach at South Carolina State University, which is a HBCU, an historically black college and university, and a person who has never left South Carolina. He's a South Carolinian through and through. He coached me in high school. He took me home almost every day of my life. I had some amazing conversations with him, and he agreed to go on this tour with me, this camping tour. And we took him to two amazing 
state parks in South Carolina. But here's the kicker. This man is 67 years old, and he had never been camping a day in his life, never even thought about it because of the very same reasons that we're trying to, or we're going to share. We removed fear from him. We added knowledge, and we invited him to go on this amazing trip. And no one had done that to him in the past. And he agreed to do that because we were able to do that for him. We took him on this trip. And one of the most amazing things he said to me was when he got out of the, out of the camper, his first, after his first night, he got around the campfire. I saw, I, well, actually, he was hanging out of the door of the RV. And I said, Coach, how'd you sleep? He said, I might have had the best sleep of my life ever. And I said, wow. And that right there was probably one of the biggest, the most fortunate things that happened because I got a chance to change somebody's life or help change someone's life through the beauty of the outdoors. Now, my job is, our job is to introduce. Our job is to rule fear. Our job is to add knowledge. But our job is not to hold people's hand and take them all in the outdoors all the time. Our job is to share the knowledge with them so they'll want to go on their own. And I believe this, and I know this based on what he said. He's going to go. It's exciting to him. You know, five, six years from now, he may retire and say, I'm ready to go, and I need to go do something. And now he has the outdoors as an option. And that's what we're doing, giving folks options, right? Particularly the option to spend time in public lands that we all pay for. 640 million acres of land, public land, we all pay for it with our tax dollars. So I was pretty proud of that, Tom. It's pretty cool, man. That's, that's, that's wonderful work there. I love Coach Pugh. I, I unfortunately never had much of a chance to interact with him, but several of my classmates uh, played football for him as well. And, you know, everybody, and of course, in Orangeburg, he's just a legend and, and is highly regarded and rightfully so. <laughs> so let's talk about, you know, you came to Wilkesboro a little while ago, almost a year ago now. What did we do and, and what did you most enjoy about Wilkesboro? And maybe what would you, uh, when next time you come, which is going to be soon, what would you like to do the next time? Well, first of all, you got to close to App State. You know, I love App State. I'm a, I'm a mountaineer. That's number one, right? And then the other thing is, like, I got to tell you something. In my prior life, I, I, uh, I was turned on to NASCAR, right? I used to actually, as an executive, I, I have photos where I was standing on the, on the podium with Jimmy Johnson handing him a check, right? And that was, I was an anomaly then, right, at the NASCAR race. But I remember the, uh, the Speedway, right? I just thought it was really cool. I used to see that sign. I thought it was really dope when I was driving back and forth from Columbia because we took that way to go home. Um, coming down that big, big hill, coming down off of, uh, I think, it, is it 321? Or that 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 uh, highway from, from Boone to uh, Wilkesboro. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, 16. I remember getting a large uh, speeding ticket on that on that highway as well because I had my car in, uh, in neutral instead of in driving. We were going. And I got a huge ticket that back then when I was in college. But I got to tell you this too, though, Thomas. When I when I came to Wilkesboro, and I noticed something about Wilkesboro, is that uh, the downtown it was real quaint and real lovely. I saw the cool little greenway that you guys have in the courtyard area. It was beautiful. I also love that you were preserving some history in Wilkesboro. I believe it was one of the schools or so there in that area. I I, I was really 
uh, intrigued by such. The other thing I was intrigued by was in the downtown area, you guys have that huge mural on the wall. And uh, I thought it was pretty dope because the mural could have been anything else, but it was colorful. It was lively, right? And then I heard about the festivals you guys have. But more so than anything, I heard about the connection that Wilkesboro uh, was making to make sure that everyone everywhere was welcome into Wilkesboro. Right and I thought that That's was awesome. important. I thought Thank that was you. important. Because that aligns with our mission and what we think in regards to our unity blaze. Yeah. And so, and lastly, man, you welcomed me. You welcomed me. You, uh, we had an amazing lunch. And um, I thought it was fantastic, my friend. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing it again. And and I definitely want to come see you in Brevard or wherever I can, on the trail, wherever I can catch up with you. Right on. So, um, so let's let's um, from a from a destination standpoint, you know, you and I have had some of these conversations in person. But um, what could other what could destinations? What can we do? What can you do? What can I do? What can destinations do to uh, bring more black folks into their communities, uh, maybe engage black folks that are already in their community to be a part of that uh, sort of process of welcoming visitors, uh, including um, such some of the wonderful stories and and cultural offerings that they may have to bring into the narrative of a place how, how do we how do we engage more black folks in the outdoors and in tourism well the first thing i'd say is to call us as a company we'll help you do it <laughs> that's number one we'll help you do it but i'll give you a few tips i think one of the greatest things thomas is that cities and counties and areas are going to have to do is say to themselves first of all we want more black folks and people of color in the area you got to say that to yourself and then when you say that, you know, you have to say, you know, you know, you can't say we we haven't been welcome. We 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 hadn't said that we don't want. Yeah, but you really hadn't said that you wanted either based on your marketing style. Right. And what we do is we create culturally relevant content. Right. Whether it be copy and content, whether that be videos, whether that be photos and things of that nature, we're able to create that that uh, information. But we're able to also take that information and push that, that content and that copy into areas where you see more black folks or people of color in that particular space. Because the bottom line is when you have more black folks, any folks, or all folks that are coming to your area, you know, economically, it's, it makes sense for you. Right. Uh, and, and, and if you don't want to make more money, if you don't want to have more diverse area or inclusion and things of that nature, quit saying it, you know, don't say you want to really work on your DEI. You really want to have a diverse area, diverse town, diverse this. If you're not saying, if you're not saying you do, you're saying you don't, right? And so, in your actions, you have to be prepared to do those things, right? Again, with your culturally relevant content, you copy, but you got to be able to have be sincere in that particular space of making sure that people feel comfortable, right? You know, if you if I invited you to my home, Thomas. The first thing I'm going to ask you, man, you know, I'm going to ask you what you like to eat. You know, I'm going to find out what kind of music you like. And then I'm going to open my door and I don't expect you to come just in my door. I expect you to, to knock. And when I, when I let you in and allow you to come in and you see these faces, you know that I prepared for you, my friend. Right. When in cities and towns, people don't really have to knock. I mean, black folks don't need permission to go to Wilkesboro or to go to Boone or go to Brevard or go camping or go in the outdoors. We don't need permission, but it sure feels good to be welcome. Right? It feels good to be for anybody to be welcome. 
You know, Thomas, I, I, I welcome you to Brevard, man, with open arms. I welcome you to my hometown, my neighborhood, anywhere, right? And I want you to feel that way. Because when you feel that way, when you feel welcome, man, you tend to act accordingly. You tend to like, you know, it's all right with me. When you don't feel welcome, you have a tense moment of feeling like maybe, maybe I'm not welcome, right? This is, this is no special treatment. You have to treat anybody any kind of way. You just have to treat everybody equally, right? Treat everybody like you would. You, you're not pandering when you market the black folks. You're marketing to black folks, just like you market everybody else. You just got to know how to do it and the ways to do it, right? And so that is my, that would be my number one goal for cities and destinations, you know? First, you need to know you, you, you want to. Then you put together a plan to get it done. And then you do it. You got to do it first. You can't, you got to start before you finish. Right. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful uh, information, Earl. Thank you. And I love the, the analogy of pre preparation where, you know, you're preparing to uh, invite and then you, you create the invitation and then you stand behind the invitation in the way that you think and act and speak and, and everything is laid out. And coming from a hospitality background, you know, uh, you're, you're not at home, you're at your place of business, or, or even if your place of business is more of a concept, uh, you know, when you invite people in that you treat it like that's your home and you've spent this time preparing for this moment and that you want to, uh, you know, make people feel welcome. I just think that's so important. Absolutely. Um, from, from my perspective, I, I think that especially being a small destination, it helps, it's helpful for me to partner with people like you. Um, because that allows us to collaborate and collaboration to me is, is very key in, in creating uh, a multiplier effect of um, providing uh, more reach and just just the fact that we get to work together and we get to lean in on each other um, just makes the, the experience a lot more fun and, and valuable, I think, for both of us. So I would encourage other folks to um, find uh, find Earl or find um, somebody in your community that has that reach and has the the um, ability to connect you with the audience that you seek and Absolutely. make them a part of the make them a part of the process because that's so important to involve uh, people in in your story. What what Thomas? You know the, the the key word the key word is inclusion, not exclusion. Right? Not exclusion. I don't want exclusion from anything. I want to include, I want to find better ways to include you. Listen, we spend 20% of our time as a company telling folks about the reasons why black folks haven't been in the outdoors and why black folks haven't camped, mountain bike, done anything in regards to the lifestyle. And we spend 80% of our time working on ways to improve that, right? And by, I guess I need to say this as well, because we're going to get this. I will be naive, you will be naive, and all of your listeners and followers and everybody in the world will be naive if we thought as a company that all Black folks thought this way, that all Black folks are fearful of the outdoors, that all Black folks didn't have any knowledge, or that all Black folks uh, were uh, not and felt like they weren't invited. We would be naive, everybody would. And really, would be really, and I hate to use this word, we would be absolutely ignorant or dumb if we said that. You know why? Or if we thought that. Because our logo, our company name says Black Folks Camp 2. For you, 
folks that are in the back. It means two means also and as well. So we already know black folks camp. We know they do camp, they will camp, and they already camp and have camp. Our job is to get more black folks to camp and enjoy the outdoor lifestyle with any and everyone. So don't go emailing me and telling me that we are this company with this company, this company. If you don't agree with us getting more black folks in the outdoors and enjoying the outdoor lifestyle, and I think that's the problem you have to deal with, you know? Because that's what we're yeah. going to do. Yeah, that's right. You're headed out there. When you, we, we can come with you or we can stay at home. You stay at home. Whatever you want to do, it don't matter. We're coming. <laughs> we're going to enjoy it. And, but, but the thing about it is you should want to. Everybody should want to get around the campfire and have conversations. You would get, when you get around campfires and have conversations, you start finding out that um, you, you got the same problems as everybody else. Or, you, or maybe your problems may be a little similar. Or, man, okay, well, that's cool. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, now you know. But if you're around the campfire with everybody that looks the same, you're going to talk about the same things over and over and over again. Again, black folks don't need permission to create campfires and um, to go on trails and to love on the outdoors. We don't need permission to do that. We can go do that if we want to. But we also know there's some reasons why we don't go. Right. Mm -hmm. And our job is to remove those reasons, those, those reasons, those fears. So we can get all of us around the campfire and start having some amazing conversations. So you referenced uh, um, you referenced the campfire. And I love that the unity blaze concept. Could you talk about that briefly? Absolutely. I love it. So if you guys can see my hat, there's a campfire in the middle of our logo. In the middle. And that campfire represents just everything for us right around our campfire we don't care about your race about your gender or your age we believe everyone has something to say well we also believe the campfire is and we know the campfire is the oldest form of light heat gathering and ways to of course cook your food right campfire's been around forever for a long time. We know, so we know the campfires are sustainable. We know they're meaningful. We know they're measurable. And we know they're sincere. Well, if our company is built around the campfire, we have to make sure we get everybody around the campfire. And so the campfire in our logo is the Unity Blaze. And the Unity Blaze means treat everyone, everywhere, equally. When you wear this unity blaze or put this patch, patch or sticker anywhere in your presence where people can see it, it tells folks that you treat everyone everywhere equally. And it invites folks, people who may not feel like they've been invited into the outdoors. It tells them you are invited, right? You are welcome. Come on, let me show you this beautiful place. Let me show you what it feels like to stand there and be quiet and listen the birds chirping. Let me just take you on this small little trail and teach you and show you that these colorful blazes on these trees tell you that 
you're on the right trail. Let me show you that. This is uh, this right here is a trailhead. And trailhead means this is where the trail starts. Or let me show you, or maybe you show me where these waterfalls are, right? We start having conversation. And we start talking about things that are amazing. We do it in the outdoors. We have these conversations and, we, and it becomes amazing. Black folks, white folks, green folks, all folks. We're out there loving on the outdoors. Most folks say, well, why do I need a symbol? Why do I need a symbol to tell people that I treat everyone everywhere equally? Well, why do you need a symbol to tell everybody what kind of band you like when you had that bumper stick on your car, right? Why do you need stickers to talk about your political party, right? Because you want people to know. Well, you should want people to know that you treat everyone everywhere equally. Why not? That's the question you should be asking yourself. Why not, right? And so if you don't want to treat everyone everywhere equally, that's fine. If you don't even want to put the unity blaze on or wear it or put it on your bottle, okay. We, okay, that's fine. We just let you know that we're going to remove some fear from you. We add a little knowledge about the unity blaze and we're inviting you to wear it, to show it, if you like. Sit. And you can find the unity blaze at blackfolkscamp2.com. The moment you click our website, you'll read about the Unity Blaze. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah, I can tell you that, uh, you know, we're on Zoom today because we're physically separated by uh, location, but uh, I cannot wait to get out into the woods and sit in front of the Unity Blaze with you and our friends and and talk about uh, some of these things that uh, what really matters to us. Um, and I'm curious to know, Earl, what um, when you have taken folks into the outdoors and, and first, so first, what was your aha moment in the outdoors? Maybe what was that, that what happened when you, it, everything clicked with you and you kind of understood what it was that you were doing or what you got out of being in the outdoors. And then what, how does that compare to when you invite people and take people out into the woods and maybe you're going hiking, you're going camping, what do they experience? That's their aha moment that you've heard? Oh, this is my aha moment right here. This is beautiful. So at that conference that I met you, which is the outdoor economy conference, I had an opportunity to, um, Go to the uh, there, there was three two guys that came up to me right, and they they were Western Carolina uh, professors. They they invited me. They they did exactly what they did exactly what I said that we should do because obviously at that time I didn't really know any black folks who camp who backpack. So they they invited me my first backpacking trip. The first thing they did was invited me, okay, and then they started removing fear from me by giving me all the information that I need, right. Telling me about the maps, telling me where I'm going, telling me what I should look for, what I should wear. Then they started getting me knowledge about. Um, um, they started getting me knowledge of where we should meet, things of that nature, where we're going to see when we're out there, things of that nature. But what they didn't tell me was, they didn't tell me I was going to go 15 miles on my first backpacking trip, and the and the 15 miles was on the incline that looks like that, and it was. I was scrambling. By the way, I learned what scrambling was on that trip. I sat on the ball and I looked clear across and I saw a, a, a view better than that background you have, Thomas. And I ate an amazing lunch, right? I walked so much that my shoe, the bottom of my shoes, my boots came apart because they, I, I wasn't prepared with the right boots, right? So I thought I could just wear my boots that I wear my boots, boots to go backpacking. 
Well, I learned that you have to have the right equipment if you want to do that type of trade line, right? So we tied up the shoes with string. I learned that you probably want to have some string on you at all times, right? And then we marched on three more, five more miles. We put duct tape on my shoes. I learned that you want to probably have some duct tape with you, right? Also learned how to make sure that my tent was set up properly, how it was turned, making sure it was high enough away from the water that we were camping near it, making sure that my food was away from me because of the bears. All these things, Thomas, I learned on this trip. But what I learned the most, and this is the most beautiful thing, is that when I got around that campfire, I learned that two of the gentlemen, which were white gentlemen, didn't know why black folks or why they hadn't seen black folks in the outdoors. And I got a chance to tell them this and talk of these things about them around the campfire. And it was amazing. And guess what, Thomas? I'm going out with those same guys tomorrow. We're going to do 27 miles. And we're going to continue to educate one another some more. They're going to educate me about the outdoors. And I'm going to educate them about how to get more black folks in the outdoors. And then I'm going to take my education that I learned from them. And I'm going to educate more black folks about the outdoors. I'm going to educate more white folks, green folks, yellow folks, all folks on why they may have not seen black folks in the outdoors. And we're just going to continue to change the world. That's all. That's all we're going to do. And that right there, probably, that was amazing. And then, once we learn to do that, once I learned that, and excited about that, we started taking other folks out. I watch 18-year-olds to 45 and 50-year-olds, attorneys, people that don't have no job, folks that have amazing jobs, folks that have children, folks that have no children, folks that love life, folks that don't really care about life right now. I watch these folks do some things that they never thought they could do. I watched them climb mountains and it felt like they're life mountains. I watched them nature bathe. I watched them jump into waterfalls. I watched them have an amazing time in the outdoors, the very place that they, many of them were scared to go into. Many of them had no knowledge that these places even existed. Many of them, many of them had never been invited. I watched them cry, man. I watched them sing. I watched them, when it got dark, look around, watch them get around the campfire, get warm. I watched them fall asleep, go in the tent. And more importantly, <coughs> I watched their lives change where they can go tell their friends, I went camping, backpacking. And it was pretty fun. Did everybody enjoy it? No. Out of, out of the hundreds of people we took, not everybody enjoyed it. But 90% of them did. That's, that's, uh, there's so much to unpack about uh, just the metaphors that come with uh, you know, having the right equipment pitching the tent correctly, you know, climbing mountains. I mean, that we could, we could really go all day with that. There's and so that's what we're creating. That's what we yeah. do, man. That's what we're going to be creating. We want that to be digitally done properly where we don't have to take out 
hundreds and thousands of millions of people. We want to be able to do that digitally in our way, though, right? In our way, where we, where we walking down the trail, he's on down, he's on down, down the road, you know, all that. You don't want to do it in our way, man, the way we like to do things. For, I mean, when I say the way we like to do things, I mean, as a company, we want people to feel happy in the outdoors, you know, but we also want to share with them the danger. Look, there are animals out here. <laughs> and there's some people out here, too. So, so I had to have a little fear because we all do. I got a little bit thinking in my mind now, man. I'm going out in mid-March and this hibernation time is about over. You know? Yeah. But for me, that's the adventure of it all. You got to go through something to get to something, Thomas. That's right. That's fantastic. Earl, I can't believe it, man, but we've been talking for almost an hour. So um, as we wind this thing down, how can people find you and how can they? Uh, so so um, before we go, I've got uh, a little something. Oh, Thomas, you look good. Thank you. You look good, baby. So how Woo! can how can folks find the Black Folks Camp 2 gear? Where can they find the Unity Blaze sticker, the patch? How can they get right in touch on. with you? That, look at that Black Folks Camp 2 hat look good on you, man. That's one of our popular hats right there, by the way. Um, you can find us. Everybody can find us on blackfolkscamp2.com. Blackfolkscamp2.com. Uh, if you want to go to our social media site, we have a couple of Facebooks. Um, we have one, Black Folks Camp 2. Uh, one of them is, uh, is a group. Um, if you click that one, we have to, you, so you have to join it. Uh, we, we will let anybody in and allow you to come in. There's another one that is our likable page. It's probably the best one because we do a lot of podcasts and a lot of, uh, I'm sorry, a lot of live streams that we're going to have um, in a couple of weeks. So I'm excited about this because we're going to have uh, some uh, park rangers uh, on there talking and chatting. Um, we also, if you go to our website, ladies and gentlemen and other, you're going to be able to find the amazing Unity Blaze patch and the Unity Blaze sticker. And it means treat everyone everywhere equally. Put them on your cars, put them on your backpacks, your puffies, on your RVs, everything. When you're riding around, people know. They know that you do that, right? They know it. And I'm so excited. And Thomas, I want to thank you, my friend. I want to thank you for having me on your, your podcast. I believe this is your first one. Yeah, and if, that's right. And if it's your first one, baby, <laughs> let's get it. I love it. Well, this has been a, a real pleasure for me too, Earl. And I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you over the past uh, year and a half. And um, just the we've maintained regular communication. And I love that, uh, you know, we just we check in on a regular basis. And that's yes, we really do, man. That's uh, that's really special to me, and and um, just that that uh, we help each other, and you know that those lessons that we take into the woods come out of the woods, and come out of these experiences that we take hiking and camping, and they apply we apply those back to our personal and professional lives. So um, I thank tell you. folks, man, I, I live this life, man. I don't sugarcoat none of this, and um, you know we're gonna we're gonna have an amazing time out in the outdoors. Everybody is, and we're gonna we're gonna look back on this, and our children, children, children are going to grow up in the outdoors, loving on one another. And then, you know what? Once we get people loving on one another and loving the outdoors, people want to take care of it. And the more they want to take care of it, the more we're going to love on it and use it for our sanctuary for peace. Parting words of wisdom from Earl B. Hunter Jr. Earl, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. 
And uh, good luck with the rest of your week. Enjoy this beautiful weather. Uh, enjoy that hike. And uh, tell your friends hello from Wilkesboro. Right on, man. Wilkesboro, no Carolina, baby. Woo! <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Wilkesboro Find Your Back Road podcast. To request an interview spot or to advertise, email info at wilkescountytourism.com. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.